0: presents heavy metal a trip beyond the future to a universe you've never seen before a universe of mystery a universe of passionate fantasies a universe of terrifying evil a universe of magic heavy
1: metal like dead, our our but upon, we the man's resistance is futile All these across. drugs, but I stood in power We're trying to shame, get through the munchies My to love, they're from us, great They
0: knew how to war, forget about those factors Repeat the fights, destroy the masters Programmed and killed, destroyed, yet we'll Renewed for fools, but by our time Tomorrow's for all your leaders so to fly, die Die! I the blood Put on the war,
1: at least the bastards, the war. the master, we take the night. destroy. Mass on we by our I think. That thing is the two uh, derivations from punk in the United States where it's like the West Coast, California, more anarchism, and then the East Coast, Newark Hardcore, which is more very regimented. It's like more militaristic. Almost. Yeah, I'm always going to go with the, the West Coast, like where it's more anarchism. Is like, yeah, you do right by each other, but you get to do what you want. You know what I mean? That makes much more sense to me. No, you, you got to do judo. <laughs> you know, geez, I mean, geez, like, you know. some of those New York hardcore kids are, like, fucking tough for sure. Or not kids now, like, grown ass 50 year old men. <laughs> yeah, they're hard. Well, actually, but
0: they're probably more like six and getting ready to retire now.
1: Yeah, some of them rolls. You shit. know I'll, um, I'll, fucking, I'll fight them. Well, yeah, they're also, like, small, right? <laughs> you know what I mean? Because they came from, like, impoverished backgrounds. <laughs> I mean, that's something to laugh at, but that's the case. It's like, yeah, they're little fellas. Little fellas. Gonna laugh at that, you know Here we are doing it I mean, I'm an absurdist too Like, everything's funny to me, right? Funny in a sad way Like, I'm so upset by it Like, all I can do is laugh at it Yep Yeah, that's life You get that shot or what? That's all the people see I'm good to go Alright, this is it Fucking VHS cult Special event Heavy metal Um, I've been drinking for Man, three and a half hours or so now.
0: Oh man, I've been going longer than that. I think I started at
1: four. Five? I, so five well, I, I drank a Michelada at four and I was just chilling, whatever. Then I ate dinner. I've also been, uh, so yeah, I drank a Michelada and then I ate dinner. Then I watched Heavy Metal while drinking whiskey and Coke because I only went to the gas station. Like, I'm not trying to go anywhere else. So I only went to the gas station, so I got like. Cans and um airplane shooters, right? So I had enough airplane shooters for whiskey. And <laughs> coke. Yeah, I drank that while I was watching heavy metal, and then now I've just been like crushing white claws, you know? like <laughs> like a
0: thirty like a year old white woman.
1: <laughs> yeah. Well, the thing is, um, yeah, I don't, um, I like try not to. I try to avoid carbs as much as I can. So whatever, who knows if white claw, white claws actually like worthwhile? But the option was like white claw or beer, anyways. So whatever. But uh if I burp a lot on this this podcast it's because of the white claws. Like I'm like all what, loaded what flavor and are from. they? Did you get
0: like a variety pack or I you got know? the
1: twelve uh, the variety twelve pack, so it's like lime, uh grapefruit, raspberry, and black cherry, I think. No, okay. It's, from, it's not bad or whatever. Um What's your favorite one? Uh, black cherry for sure. Black cherry. Yeah, all of them have uh Right here's next. the thing you need to white claws they need to be ice cold if they're not man <laughs> you don't want a
0: lukewarm white claw no
1: not at all and they all have like this aftertaste that lingers like in your sinuses is what bothers me like, i feel like i can like taste it in my nose <laughs> that's your brain <laughs> yeah that sucks i don't like that so was, i've been
0: drinking rum and coke since about four um <laughs>
1: that's like real dad oh was it
0: three Court is correcting me and says it's been since three. So wow, we're in for a tree year.
1: I guess, but you sound perfectly fine. I feel like I'm a mess, and you're like, yeah, whatever. You know,
0: that's kind of how I always have been, though. I, I, well, you've
1: always you're taller than most human beings. That's true. You're bigger than most human beings. Um, I, I've we've mentioned a weight though in the last couple of years. Yeah, we've mentioned it on the podcast before, and like, weight's a factor to it, but it's also like, um, you're big. Like only. 15% of the world, I believe, is over six feet. I'm over six feet, but you're like quite a bit over six feet. Yeah. Six, six,
0: four, maybe six, five. I, I tell people I'm six, four sometimes. And then every once in a while, I get some guy that's like, no, there's no way you're, I'm six, four, which I think they're just like, All right, yeah. They're six, two, and they're just so
1: That's by. like they're lying though. Yeah. Cause like I remember specifically, there was a dude in my work that was like, quite a bit shorter than me and he's like yeah I'm like six I'm six three and it's like no you're not man I'm like six two and some change <laughs> and you're like way smaller than me. <laughs> well people who are smaller than me like as far as like uh um size in general but like even height wise like he was shorter than me and it's like nah you're not six three man that's bullshit. I'm six three with my boots on <laughs>
0: Six three with my boots on Standing on my tippy toes
1: Standing on my tippy toes Alright so this is gonna be A long episode Probably kind of sloppy to be honest But like we'll get through it, We've just got, it down. We got a lot to talk about with heavy metal and stuff First things first though Ever since we did The Rock and Roll High School episode I've been listening to Ramones of course right mm-hmm, Me too Um, Fucking my anthem right now so. Is, uh, I don't want to grow up by the months We listen oh, to mine. That? Is, uh,
0: it's not my place in the nine to five world.
1: Oh, that's pretty good, too. Yeah. Which is a similar, like, thesis in the song. But, uh, yeah, no, um, it's from very late in their career, like, like 94, 95, like one of the last albums. It might have been, like, uh, Adios yeah, well, Amigos. Yeah. Might have been the last album yeah. Really but, no, I fucking love it. It's, uh, I don't know, like it's uh, very juvenile. Which the film we watched—that's the Ramones. Cute, you know. it,
0: like all their songs are kind of juvenile, right? They're yeah. like they're they're the Weezer of punk rock. Every song is about high school,
1: right? And well, even Weezer is kind of punk rock, right? The we- yeah, Weezer we're... doesn't exist without the Ramones, right? Or
0: yeah, and more Nirvana, I guess more specifically. But then Nirvana doesn't exist without the Ramones. So Nirvana is a punk band. I hate that fucking yeah, grun- that
1: grunge shit that MTV made up. Well, MTV I mean, like,
0: Pearl Jam is definitely a different band than Nirvana.
1: Oh yeah, but Nirvana is a punk band. Yeah, and then there's a bunch of bands that copied Nirvana and didn't do it as well. Uh, yeah, you can call them grunge or whatever. But grunge is that was invented by MTV. That's like a straight up like. Buzzword that corporate America created for this well, style of band coming sure out of Dave Seattle. He said
0: in interview at one point. like, "Yeah, I don't know what they're talking about." We always consider ourselves a punk band.
1: Levon is absolutely a punk band. <laughs> um, they were from the punk scene, right? Like, he's friends with Kathleen Hanna from fucking uh Bikini Kill, and the, the reason it's called "Smells Like Teen Spirit" is because Kathleen Hanna wrote on Kurt Cobain's wall, "Kurt Smells Like Teen Spirit." Like there are punk bands. They're straight. They're from the punk scene. They're punk as fuck. There's a bunch of bands that copied them doing the, <laughs> but they're not. They're not punk. They're you know fucking interlopers, usurpers. <laughs> you can call those fools grunge or whatever because yeah, they are corporate pieces of shit or whatever. But Nirvana is a punk band. That's it. Grunge isn't real. That's not a real genre of music. <laughs> Well, you can tell because it only was around for like two years. Right, exactly. Yeah, Punk lived forever. Punk forever.
0: Yeah, well, let's, let's go that
1: far. There's still punk bands everywhere, man. They're still doing it. Ska's coming back. Let's mm. yeah, not, 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 not call that one before. <laughs> not good Ska, but the Interrupters exist. They're pretty good Ska bands.
0: I thought you yeah. like had something to talk about on this one, and I didn't to really write it down.
1: I have a few things I want to talk about. First of all, I want to talk about how society has such a low attention span that they're basically like, "pandemic's over" just because I don't want to deal with it anymore. I need, <laughs> you know what I mean? It's basically yeah. like, I need something new in my life. It's yeah, nothing's it's a, nothing's changed. We haven't fixed anything. <laughs> well, it's just the the attention span of the average
0: American, right? So the the. The pandemic was fun for a week or so and then now it's it's time to yeah, be we've,
1: fun. We've exhausted all the memes. So now it's like, well, now let's use something else. Like, well no, we haven't fixed anything. Like, well, I don't care, then Tiger King happened and we're done. <laughs> <laughs> Back to work, right? <laughs> it's time well, for something might, crazy to happen. Tiger King you know, did happen, Kyle, I don't know if you noticed. Yeah, but it's like you know what I mean? It's like it's we haven't left exchange. <laughs> it's not fixed. <laughs> i'm sorry you're done back with what we it, but it's about not done
0: absurdity of, of humanity
1: yeah it's i'm sorry you're, you're you're done but
0: it's not done we don't have a vaccine yet like i was just reading like the world health organizations like yeah we we're not even sure that um uh getting the coronavirus gives you any immunities to getting it again in the future which well, you know today is tell you this but that's really bad news for a vaccine
1: yeah today's headline was uh where he used tom hanks blood for the vaccine Oh yeah, I saw that. Which is interesting to me because it's um, specified Tom H- the, the way it's yeah. When I mean, the story sure is constructed is yeah, but the way the story is constructed is like, oh, wouldn't you like a little bit of that Tom Hanks magic? Well, you know the I the fucking worship, would, but, wouldn't you? God damn! Yeah, I don't know. It's just like weird celebrity worship culture being fed into horror, um, endless horror. It's like, well, cool, but. uh It's still there. We didn't fix anything, so (laughs) I'm sorry you're tired of COVID nineteen memes and shit. But it's nothing's been fixed, so a major part of our population can just be led around by the nose, Mm -hmm. right? And these are the fools. See out the streets, like open Baskin Robbins. I need ice cream. (laughs) You know what I mean? It's like, what the fuck are you doing? I really thought it was going to go the other way where, like, people realize um, 90% of the industry we have is completely, like, fruitless. I think that like, still no, might be the case. No.
0: I, I think you're... You know, what's happening is this, you know, the kind of... You know, like, the Tea Party reaction, but... Well, uh, yeah, it we'll, is. We'll it see. does
1: seem to be a small minority, hopefully. But that's the thing is, it's... Uh, eventually, it might get to everyone being stir-crazy, right? Right. Well, yeah, but I mean, I don't know if it's
0: going to manifest necessarily in... in, in um political like protests and, yeah, yeah i think you're just gonna see people on like the fucking beaches or some shit yeah and which less. is so which will end up being so instead of having a very short lockdown we have a very long very long lockdown
1: well to me it seems like we're gonna have um perpetual lockdown yeah we're gonna have a little bit of lockdown and then now that we know everyone go back to work it's fine because it's hot outside maybe that's gonna change things right because that's the whole thing is remember like Trump And them, them folks talking about it It's like well, it won't be around when it's hot It's like what? why Why would well, that yeah. be the case <laughs> Well now they're like Well he's in, in, well, Try bleach
0: Drink some bleach well, that's probably well, the I, answer The bleach
1: thing is like yeah that's already stupid as fuck Right but to me the thing That people need to focus on is he's like If only there was some way to inject sunlight <laughs> that like, I think that I think that's so much worse Like well fucking for real <laughs> It's like so put the light you. inside of them.
0: Yeah, it's what the fuck. I don't that's know. like so. some
1: Jesus shit. You got the light inside of you? Oh, yeah, that's my whole thing I've been thinking about. It's like, oh, people just really. My little light of. Wait, this little light of
0: mine. I'm on Yeah,
1: my concern this week has been like, oh, people are really just like. Are burnt out on the memes. And they're. Just... That's why they're like, nah, I don't want to do it anymore. Not specifically the memes But they uh, got to the point where they're like Eh, you know, nothing new's happened in a while So it should be fine said, Well, no, <laughs> it's not going to be fine <laughs>
0: Well,
1: that's the thing, we need another season of Tiger King I guess But here's a replacement A replacement for Tiger King exists Have you been watching Last Dance? No, I haven't Is it good? Hell yeah, man this We're talking the 96-97 the season of the Bulls Remember how dramatic that was?
0: Yeah, I remember it.
1: Hell yeah, you gotta watch this documentary. There's only been two episodes so far. There'll be two more tomorrow. I don't know if I have ESPN Plus. Do I have access to? Oh wait, it's it on, on Hulu. It's on Hulu. Oh, it's see. on Hulu. Yeah. Oh, fuck, um, I I It's watch fucking it. good. Like I was watching it um, last week when it came out, or this week when it came out actually, because it came out on Sunday. It was on Hulu right away, but I watched it like sometime this week, and I was like. I remember everything that's going on, but, like, the, it's, like, is Scottie Pippen going to come back to the Bulls? You know what I mean? <laughs> Even though, like, I know, like, yeah, it eventually works out you know, the you know, does <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> but, like, I was, like, oh, but there is, like, some, like, crazy insider knowledge to it where it's, like, oh, like, they're interviewing Michael Johnson, like Michael, Michael Jordan, Michael Johnson, that's fucking... <laughs> but, um, yeah, and then the, there's... My favorite part of it is um, they're talking to MJ about when he joined the Bulls in '84, uh, '85, I think. And mm-hmm. uh, how bad they were. Yeah, he's like, "Oh, at that time, uh, the interview was like, at that time they were calling like uh, the the Bulls like the traveling cocaine circus." And MJ just busts out laughing. It was like, "Yeah, apparently they were all just like doing lines like crazy, and shit, which is wild to think about as like a professional athlete." Like well, doing I mean, lines the, and smoking um, and shit all the time. Damn. Well, there was a uh, the uh baseball team too that was really famous. The was it the Tigers? I think it's every baseball team. If you yeah. watch um I guess that's true. Uh No No, which is the, the no hitter game with um oh shit, what is Doc it? Doc Ellis, is that one? Yeah, Doc Ellis, Doc Ellis, where he's talking about like yeah, we used to all take go pills, right? We're taking go pills all the time, but I he pitched the no hitter when he was on LSD. But he's talking about, like, how, like, drugged up and shit they were in general taking go pills, which are, I don't know, speed, lewds, whatever, uh-huh. gorilla biscuits. And it's just like, yeah, fuck it. Apparently uh, professional athletes are just, uh, doing drugs all the time, which is crazy to me. Because, like, but I guess it's not actually because when I go to the gym and, like, hit the heavy bag, like, I can go for, like, round and round and round and, like. Hit the weights for like an hour straight and be like, "Oh, I'm cool. I'm cool." I'm like, I smoke all the time, so like, imagine my potential if I didn't smoke. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, imagine. Imagine I could be running for miles. You know, also
0: think too. This is like before like uh, science had really gotten into sports. Well,
1: that's the thing is uh, dietary science and uh, recovery and um, training science and stuff. This is all very. Relatively recently, it's like the last twenty years, really, that they've been perfecting this shit. So it is way different now. Like I couldn't like step into an MMA ring anymore,
0: and like just you could step to an amateur one.
1: Yeah, that's the thing. Is like I'm big. I'm in pretty good shape. I'm strong. Um, I know how to box. I can knock a few people out, right? But like I can't like go fight in UFC. No way. I don't have a gas tank for any of that. I have a gas tank for like one round, maybe.
0: I got, good, I got
1: a good round and a half of <laughs> That's a reach for me I'm like I'll be dying at the end of the round I think That'd be like uh Remember a few fights ago when uh forget his name but like After the fight he took his shorts off I was like I'm hot My balls is hot <laughs> Like That'd be me like, like damn everything's hot What the fuck <laughs> This body works up a lot of heat Alright, cool. So, last dance. No one can handle the endemic disease. You, you see got,
0: people out there kissing nurses in the street and shit. I don't think it's going to happen. <laughs>
1: sexually assaulting nurses in the street. You, mean? Right. <laughs> you don't think they'll happen. Like, we got the vaccine now. Everyone fucking go wild. Nah. It's like heavy metal. 1981. <laughs> ooh, 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 ooh. Wait, which, which vignette? Um, none of them. Never really have orgies in it, so...
0: Well, they all have, have a vague sexual innuendos.
1: Well... Some our lights. Let's talk about it. 1981. A glowing green orb which embodies ultimate evil. The Lachnar. It terrorizes a young girl with an anthology of bizarre and fantastic stories of dark fantasy, eroticism, and horror. Horror.
0: Horror. No, mm, yeah, I guess some horror.
1: Columbia Pictures takes you beyond the future to a universe you've never seen before.
0: I think you're going a little high, man. It's okay, man. If there's one thing I know, it's how to drive when I'm stoned. It's like you know your perspective's fucked, so you just gotta let your hands work the controls as if you're straight. A universe of mystery. Hey, sucker. Hand over your cash. Now. A universe of sexual fantasies. My whips. Harry? Can I sleep with
1: you? That was incredible. I've never felt anything like it. A universe of magic.
0: (laughs) Heavy metal. A step beyond science fiction.
1: Uh, I The B 17 one's horror, I guess.
0: Which one's the B 17?
1: The bomber one. Oh, uh, uh, yeah, World I guess. That's yeah. True.
0: It's kind of short, though, so you can't. It's like, ah, you're in it and out.
1: Yeah, we'll get to it, but that's my favorite part of it, I think. And apparently, there's a specific reason why it is that I didn't realize until recently when I went over the details of the film, but it might make sense. Anyways, uh, the film is an anthology of various science fiction and fantasy stories adapted from Heavy Metal magazine, and original stories in the same spirit. Like the magazine, the film features a great deal of graphic violence, sexuality, and nudity. Its production was expedited by having several animation houses working simultaneously on different segments. The rooster. <laughs> I was gonna say the rooster teeth critics consensus, but no, that's some bullshit like nerd shit on the internet. The Rotten Tomatoes critics consensus is uh, as follows: It's sexist, juvenile, and dated, but heavy metal makes up for its flaws with eye-popping animation and a classic, smartly used soundtrack. What do you think about that? Mostly agree. Yeah, yeah, it's a soft degree for me as well. It's like, well, well, yeah.
0: Let's on scale of one to five. I'm on a four there. <laughs> you know the, that shit you have to do, like when you work at some corporate office, and it's like, let's uh, on scale of one to five. When you're saying that the the company uh, listens to your feedback, one does not agree at all, and then oh five, yeah, when you yeah
1: you got to do the annual I uh, agree yeah. yeah.
0: That's one. That's how I'm thinking of it. I'm at a four. Mostly agree. Four,
1: yeah, four, uh, four for me as well. Uh, let's run down the list of directors. It's pretty, it's pretty substantial, obviously, because there's different vignettes. So Gerald Potterton is kind of the main guy. Uh, he's best known for directing the cult classic Heavy Metal, and his animation work on <laughs> Yo Submarine.
0: We all live in a submarine. A year
1: submarine. A year submarine. A- yeah, a- yeah, then we also uh, have John Bruno, who did Soft Landing. John Hollis, So Beautiful and So Dangerous. Julian Harris, Captain Stern. Jimmy T. Murakami, Soft Landing. Barry Nelson, B 17. Paul Sabella, Captain Stern, Jack Stokes, Den, Pino Von Lamsweerde, Harry Canyon, calls you Lamsweerde, which means you steal lambs. (laughs) And Harold Whitaker, for Grimaldi. So, uh, technically, there's directors for each segment, but they were overseen by our head fella here, Gerald Rotterton, Rotterton, Potterton. Holy shit. Dude, you gotta <laughs> say it right. What's going on, man? Gerald Potterton. I, for some reason, I thought his name was, uh, oh, because I have an exclamation point there. I thought his name was Rotterton. He was like, oh yeah, he's an Italian, man. I forget, Italians don't want to make movies. That's like um one of my favorite uh, music labels. It's called Italians Do It Better. And it's all basically Johnny Jewel, So it's like Chromatic's Desire uh, Glass Canyon shit And so yeah, Italians do do it better (laughs) As far as writers go Which is um, seemingly more important to this film They have the overall writers Plus the specific segments Harry Canyon and Taharna Which is Daniel Goldberg and Len Blum Daniel Goldberg is also the writers of, writer of Meatballs, Stripes, oh, oh. and he produced Space Jam.
0: Space Jam? Well, yeah. about Michael Jordan.
1: Well. No. Did they
0: mention Space Jam in the last dance?
1: No. Not yet.
0: Oh, we might get to it.
1: It might come up. 95 is Space Jam.
0: Right, but this is, this is the last season, the 90s. 90, yeah, 96, 99.
1: 97. Yeah. yeah. Len Blum. He was also the overall director, screenwriter, uh he did the same stuff. Him and uh Goldberger are writing buddies, so he also did Meatballs and Stripes and some other shit. But Len Blum also responsible for Pink Panther. The movie? Yeah, he did it all on his own. Soul oh. writing credit. Pink Panther, Wait, Len Blum. Oh
0: Blunt. well I mean like then the you know, Peter Sellers up
1: there being a dick. All right, anyhow, <laughs> we'll, we'll get back to basketball probably. like, <laughs> Fucking... we for
0: 45 minutes and you need to, We need to, to tighten this up. it's going to be a three hour episode.
1: <laughs> oh, shit. All right. <laughs> we also got Dan O'Bannon, which is, oh, of oh, course, uh, one of my favorite writers because he wrote Alien. Re- he wrote and directed Return of the Living Dead. And he wrote Life Force. But it's well, that, not giving life force I mean uh, it, it, It's okay Yeah
0: Which is like the One of the worst things you can say about a movie
1: <laughs> It's okay uh, He did Soft Landing in B-17 And uh B-17 is my favorite segment And apparently it's just because I just Really love Dan LaBanna's work I didn't realize until now He had done that segment Until doing research for this episode But, uh, I mean, I guess he's just the best when it comes to zombies. Not great at space vampires, though. Yeah. Uh, Next up, we got Richard Corbin, who directed the segment Den. Uh, He hasn't done much else but this segment. That's because he's mostly a comic book guy. He's actually quite uh, deeply associated with Heavy Metal. The comic book. Correct, the or magazine, yeah. as it's referred to on the internet, which is... No, but I mean, it's like a comic, a comics magazine. I guess what magazine means... Uh, whatever. And then we got Bernie Wrightson, who is also a horror, horror comics guy, and the creator of Swamp Thing. The creator of Swamp Thing? Correct, he created yeah, Swamp but he
0: Thing. Didn't, he didn't really revolutionize Swamp Thing.
1: But oh you mean Alan Moore. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Who would win in a fight? This guy Alan Moore. Alan Moore he's like 6'4 and crazy person. <laughs> uh he did the segment Captain Stern. Uh he's also a lot of history with uh heavy metal. He did the segment Zap Brain you mean?
0: You can see some influences in, in heavy metal. I, my um my first experience with heavy metal as a child just seeing it as uh, the cover at the Mm-hmm. Like you know, oh, video store, yeah. Uh rental store waiting And uh, being uh, Intrigued and confused by it
1: Well yeah you just look at it and you're like Wow what does that mean Because you have like some passing awareness Of what heavy metal music is And then it's just like A woman on like a dragon And you're like Whoa, what? what could this be I <laughs> like dragons Next up we got Angus Mackay McKee maybe well, I'll say Makai, just because it's based on of what other people pronounce it as normally. Boring. Say how you want to it. Okay. Angus McKee. <laughs> um, he did So Beautiful, So Dangerous. He's a comic artist who also worked heavily with the Heavy Metal magazine. He's done plenty of uh, sci-fi covers for novels etc, etc. Pretty interesting guy.
0: So no one cares about any of these writers. The real question is, how many voices did John Candy do?
1: Oh, as many as he could, apparently. (laughs) Uh, Real quick, as an addendum to the writers, uh, fantasy illustrator Chris Aquilios designed and painted the iconic promotional poster image, commissioned in 1980. Uh, that features the central character Tarna on her bird like steed. That artwork continues to be used for home video releases. He also did conceptual design work for the Tarna character. He was, of course, never paid. Probably not as well as he needed to be paid. And aside from the soundtrack, um, the score, which is the uh, more uh, digestible. Internal music of a film, it was done by Elmer Bernstein, and apparently he was doing the score for this and the world American werewolf in London at the same time. So, John what? Landis, yeah. you get to bring John Landis in this episode. Remember when he killed those people <laughs> with that helicopter? Yeah. so oh, another John Landis connection. <laughs> he, had his fingers in, he had his fingers in a lot of pies back then <laughs> uh, This film I was of his course, hands a lot of helicopters back then <laughs> Well you just had that one helicopter It was just the one I <laughs> feel like it was probably enough One was enough for, for, for old Landis That's well, kind of all he needed <laughs> To make his mark in history uh, This film was produced by Ivan Reitman and Leonard Mogul Who was also and- the publisher Of Heavy Metal you know it was produced
0: by Evan Ratman because Harold Ramis does like fifteen voices too. Well, that flees
1: into my next fact: is that actors John Kennedy, John Kennedy, no John Candy, Joe Flaherty, Eugene Levy, and Harold Ramis all starred on the ensemble comedy series SCTV. Oh man, Conan's favorite uh, skit comedy show. Yeah. Um, They're all they all knew each also, other from Rick Moranis. Yeah, they all knew each other from back in the day. On that doing that, Ivan Reitman. That's how Ivan Reitman got introduced to in Bill Murray and made Ghostbusters and, blah, blah, blah. and Canadian shit. You know, all Canadians know each other. It seems like when it comes to comedy, right? Oh yeah. Uh, as far as Leonard Mogul goes, like I said, he is the publisher of Heavy Metal magazine. We'll go into Heavy Metal magazine real quick. Heavy Metal is an American science fiction and fantasy comics magazine published beginning in 1977. magazine is known primarily for its blend of dark fantasy and science fiction and erotica and more recently steampunk comics. Pew, pew. still going? I, um, yeah. Oh, yeah. Kevin Eastman runs the publishing now. Uh, the big thing about. Heavy metal is, uh, you have to understand the English comic scene, kind of the UK comic scene. Where, uh, hey,
0: Grant Morrison's the editor in chief. Sorry,
1: I looked it up. Um, <laughs> sure, but, um, to understand heavy metal, you have to understand the English comic scene. Uh, even though this is American published, it's following more UK European model, or they have AD 2020 or whatever, you know, uh, they used. How comic publishing worked worked in Europe is they'd be in uh, monthly anthologies. They would be magazines that have like continuous 15 pages long. Right, and the same thing in Japan, right? Like Shonen Jump is a good example of how manga operates in Japan where it's monthly series of, like, 15 pages, 15, you know, 20 panels or whatever. The reason why... It was emulating a more European model rather than American publishing. Spider Man shit is. It, uh, it started out as a licensed translation of a, a French science fantasy magazine called uh, Metal Herlant. which, which means you? how it means howling metal. Oh. And then uh, heavy metal gradually evolved into C'est its own. De <laughs> Les enfants. De uh, it gradually evolved into North American contributors, and in the 1970s uh, letter mogul. How he picked it up is in the 1970s he was working for National Lampoon, and uh, yeah, he was over there checking shit out, and he just picked That's, it up. And, that was yeah.
0: a magazine too. Was this still a magazine? No, I got him. not that.
1: Okay, I don't think it exists anymore. But yeah, he was over there promoting National Lampoon magazine. And uh it didn't work out that well, but he was able to pick up the licensing for oh, and speaking of and how uh mm-hmm. Kevin Meese- Kevin Eastman of Ninja Turtles fame. Yeah, he's he a says one point, Yeah, right? uh, he says uh Heavy Metal published European art, which had not been previously seen seen in the United States, as well as demonstrating an underground comic sensibility that nonetheless wasn't as harsh or extreme as some of the underground comics, but definitely intended for an older readership. So that idea is uh, it's not uh like French extreme or anything, but it is um like Ninja Turtles started out as a comic where well it's got ultra violence in it, you know. But you know, you can still turn it into a cartoon, which they did. <laughs>
0: When, yeah, you well, this, I mean, if you read the first, like, few Ninja Turtle, uh, like, I guess the original four-issue four miniseries, and, and compared to the um, first no, cartoon, they're not very
1: similar. No, have you, Ninja Turtles is violent as fuck when it first started. <laughs> and that's why they're like, we gotta turn these ninjas into robots.
0: <laughs> that way, Leonardo can still use his swords. Well, oh, I by mean, the way, by season two, we can't have Michelangelo using nunchucks anymore. Kids might hit people. <laughs> yeah, so
1: he's going to be a rope guy now. <laughs> he's doing kicks and stuff. Kicks. Um, heavy metal's high-quality artwork is notable. Work by international fine artists such as H.R. Geiger and Esteban Morota have been featured on the covers of various issues. Terrence Lindall's illustrated version of Milton's epic poem, Paradise Lost, appeared in the magazine in 1980. So as much as um heavy metal is can relegated to um juvenility and uh comic bullshit, right? You know no one takes it seriously or uh there's quite a bit more going on with heavy metal than just uh we got titties, right? Come check out the titties. Of course you do don't want titties though. I don't that know. Was, that was in there though, you know. <laughs> you got to get people to pick up the magazine. right? <laughs>
0: I was offered a job very similar to uh <laughs> this kind of to write these kind of stories. <laughs> sure. Uh
1: the movie's made of eight segments. Um uh the Grimaldi segment is the link device that ties all the movie segments together. The uh Lochnar features in some way in the six stories that follow, it narrates uh sort of. kept, yeah. I mean it, it very loosely it's in there. Right? Sometimes it's just like And then it didn't matter I was there, but I was also very powerful. (laughs) Ooh, Big Brain, I'm here.
0: Big Brain, do
1: evil. (laughs) I'm green. All right, first thing we got soft landing. Kyle Sanguin's story opens with a space shuttle orbiting the Earth. The bay doors open, releasing your Corvette. Wow. And there's an astronaut in the car And he's descending to that. he's fucking rocking out Yeah, it's like <laughs> Um, apparently Elon Musk Is a huge fan of this movie <laughs>
0: We're all shocked
1: Yeah, and so it's Tesla With Starman wheel Which was launched With the Falcon Heavy launch 2018 It is uh, near identical to the Corvette with the astronaut aboard. So he um, recreated this segment with his fucking uh, apartheid gem mine money from his dad. It kind of makes me hate heavy metal because
0: uh, it's not not heavy metal's fault. You can't (laughs) be responsible for what it inspires.
1: I don't know. I'm mad that Elon Musk likes it too. It makes sense, so I'm sure Elon Musk likes it because of the juvenility. Well, and well it's just bullshit. like Paul
0: Ryan likes uh, "Rage Against the Machine," right? No one, <laughs> yeah. no one actually really internalizes their uh, art or media. At least, well, most people don't. Yeah,
1: they really should. Should really stop and consider it. <laughs> um, I try not
0: to think about anything anymore.
1: Last thing is, I oh, um, blue I, don't I don't internalize know. the front-facing elements of heavy metal at all because the front like what heavy metal is really oh, I
0: do, and it's really fucking odd
1: well no what heavy metal is perpetuating is like juvenile sexuality and well blah, blah, blah. what i like about heavy metal is uh the character and the broadness and the uh i like the the as i like the idea of pushing the limits of what ex- what is acceptable at the time I don't like how they did it I guess but I'm sure Elon Musk was just
0: like <laughs> titties in space. <laughs> <laughs> space space nipples space
1: titties I saw life Force in there with a vagina yeah, so that's all you gotta say about soft landing I actually like it I think it's a great way to open a movie it's like you, you know, what you're in for it's gonna be like a music video. Yeah, no, no you no, hope no, honestly, it's gonna be like a music video. It's not though. Yeah, there's a <laughs> couple of
0: pro- ones I don't really like in here. Um, we well, guess we go to the framing narrative, I have no problem with at
1: all. Oh, no, it's cool. yeah it's just like all right, fucking cool car and astronauts in it. Here's some hard rock music. We're gonna have fun, right? It makes sense, but then we lead into Grimaldi, as it's called. This is the framing narrative. The astronaut Grimaldi arrives at home where he's greeted by his daughter. He says he has something to show her. When he opens his case, a green crystalline sphere rises out and melts him. It introduces itself to the very terrified girl as the sum of all evils. This is the Loch Nahr. And he's like, Check it out, here's how I insu- influence society and people throughout time and space. I'm gonna drive you fucking crazy. <laughs> yeah, actually
0: these these again. These drive, are the you drive you into
1: I have no problem with it at all. Yeah, you're going to drive you into Rebellion. It's fine. Like, yeah, it's all lead up to whatever. So we get to the first story, Harry Canyon. This is an original story by Goldberg and Blum. It's inspired by Mobius's The Long Tomorrow story. And real quick, we got to get out of the way. Mobius is Jean Girard. He is esteemed by Federico Fellini, Stanley, and Hayao Miyazaki among others. He has been described as the most influential bande dessinée artist after Hergé. So bande dessinée is um, literally means a uh, banded design, but it's a French word for comic. And obviously uh, Hergé is he did Tintin. So everyone loves Hergé.
0: I'm not familiar with Hergé or Tintin.
1: You don't know Tintin? No. What's a Tintin? Not uh, Rintintin. No, I know Rintintin. You remember and when Steven? You remember when Steven Spielberg made Tintin? I'm just doing a joke. Yeah, I know. <laughs> uh, but so Mobius uh, Jean Giraud is a very, very successful comic artist. Everyone loves him. Uh, he has a very close relationship with heavy metal. His stories always had another level of intrigue to him. Usually, they're environmentally focused, politically focused, and blah blah blah. Um, a lot he of that. stuff song- for. Um, didn't he work
0: for Marvel at one point?
1: Or am I thinking of Drog? I don't know. It'd be or interesting whatever. if he did. Uh, that said, a lot of his work not going to come through in the heavy metal movie. <laughs> <laughs> So, uh, we got Harry Canyon. This is dystopian New York City 2031. Harry Canyon is a cynical taxicab driver. He, uh, does the film more style grumbling, um, occasional robbery attempts. You can really tell the guys that are good at voice acting, the
0: guys that aren't. John Candy, good. John okay, uh, Candy's fine, yeah. Harry Canyon, not good.
1: Yeah, I'm, uh,. And then I went and did this and then, uh, uh. Yeah, I mean, come
0: on, put some fucking style into it.
1: It'd be interesting if he was a PI, but instead he's a taxi driver. Oh, no, in the, taxi the far flung future. It's just not very good, right?
0: Yeah, I mean, yeah, a lot of it is just his his voice acting.
1: Are you saying clearly. the like, um, Yeah, the voice acting is gonna be a problem throughout the whole movie and the pacing is gonna be a problem. 'Cause everything is like this happens and this happens and this yeah, happens another.
0: It's like watching street
1: sharks. <laughs> it is a little bit, right? The big just. thing to big thing to note about this though is um the robot that sells Harry Canyon the hot dog is Robbie the Robot. You Familiar <laughs> with Robbie? I'm
0: familiar with Robbie the Robot. Is it really Robbie the Robot? I don't know. Yeah,
1: it's just I mean the animated version, yeah. yeah. So Robbie's is the brainchild of uh, industrial designer and engineer Robert Kinoshita. Built in 1955 for MGM prop department. Uh, apparently, it costs 125 thousand dollars to oh build Robbie, which is weird because he just seems like he's made out of like vacuum tubes and shit. Uh, he was uh, created. That, his, what's that in today's money? Like 500 thousand. That's a, like a lot. He straight up looks like he's made of vacuum tubes and shit. I don't get it.
0: I gotta pull a picture of the fucking Robbie the Robot. Yeah.
1: He was created for Forbidden Planet and then the follow-up, The Invisible Boy. And uh, Robbie the Robot has become one of the most popular robot icons in the history of movies and media. I don't know about that anymore. Um, obviously, people our age who are Probably into, like, it, yeah. nerdy shit like Robbie the Robot. I don't know if, like, the, the next generation coming up that are, like, going to fucking 100 Gex concerts in Minecraft. I don't know if they know who Robbie the Robot is.
0: I, I can 100% guarantee you my kids have no idea who Robbie the Robot
1: is. <clears throat> there you go.
0: They know who Rob the Robot is from Nintendo. <laughs> yeah, from Smash Brothers. <laughs> I've <Right. laughs> explained to them what he was and Ryan's like, they had a robot that played second player for you? I like do yeah, Sort of. Kind of.
1: He's a robotic operating buddy. You know. If you didn't have siblings. (laughs) Yeah, nothing much to say about Harry Canyon, um, except for, there's a part where he first sleeps with, um, the female protagonist, and he's like, oh, she must have been real hot for me. Well, it's like motherfucker, you're like a fat, overweight, balding Taxi cab driver, and for a second you were convinced she was interested in you. (laughs)
0: And
1: he was like, "Oh, I can't believe she double crossed me!" It's like, "Fucking, she's not interested in you, you dummy." But in the world, the heavy metal makes sense because it is a juvenile masculine power fantasy, I guess.
0: Yeah, I mean, maybe it's the very last story, but even then, it's—I don't know—it's hard to tell.
1: Yeah, well, the last story is made by Mobius, so. It's kind of a little bit different. The uh, juvenile power fantasy come to full execution is uh, made apparent in the next segment, which is Den John Candy as a nerdy teenage boy finds is a the, green uh, meteorite. Yeah,
0: he falls. He, he finds a, uh, a wardrobe and he walks
1: into it. <laughs> 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 nice green meteorite near his house puts what in his rock thing collection. Thing? During a lightning experiment, the orb, or orb hurls the boy into the world of Neverwhere, where he transforms into a naked, bald-headed, muscular man called Den, an acronym for his Earth name, David Ellis Norman.
0: Oh, crazy.
1: And he's immediately like, oh, I'll save that babe. Now I'll bang that babe. Oh, now I'm interrupted. God save that babe! Oh man, no (laughs) bang! No bang! This other babe! (laughs) Oh God! The only thing I like about this one It's the same thing I like about all of them. Uh, I like the heavy lines. I like the uh, bright and bold colors. I like the experimental, like color changes for backgrounds. You know, I I like the art of the movie. Um, but I what I specifically like about this movie. Or this vignette, rather, is at the end when uh, the Lochner like falls to their feet, and he's like, "Fuck that shit, let's fly off and bang." And it's like, <laughs> "Yeah, that makes sense to me." <laughs>
0: <laughs> there, I, this one It
1: really is hard to find like a <laughs> any redeemable quality. <cause>. Yeah. <laughs> this one is absolutely the most like, "Hey, you're a nerd in real life." Could you imagine if you go to special uh, dimension where you be sexy bang? Kids. Yeah, you bang them all. You just bang them. Like like, oh, A crazy
0: you. witch queen is gonna capture you, but she's like, mm, look at that <laughs> sexy man. Maybe I'll bang him, and then you're gonna bang <laughs> her so good that she's like, you know what? You maybe you'll be my king.
1: Yeah, but then she's angry that you. Oh, you distracted me with your banging. All the the real the you're double cross was like, taken yeah. on. Yeah, it's terrible.
0: Oof, the rough one.
1: So in the magazine of Heavy Metal, the evil emanation Denbell's battles called oh, But it's Cthulhu spelled backwards. O-L-U-T-K. Oh, O-L-U-T-K. Oh, yeah, I don't want to get him... I'm not going to get mad at him, because this is... Yeah. Um, they did their best, yeah. And also in the original storyline, Catherine is an 80-year-old woman on Earth.
0: Oh, that's a great But
1: twist. she's just banging on... <laughs> like um, a eighteen year old kid. She's well no, she's 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 uh, at her prime on this universe. <laughs> Banging. She uh you notice her areolas changed shape quite a bit <laughs> in her segment. <laughs> Color changes, shape changes, wonderful. Yeah.
0: I it's like is they're while
1: I was watching man. it, I was like, Is there a reason why they're changing into Different recognizable shapes. And I was like, "Oh no, I think it's just animation inconsistency." <laughs> I think the guys are just bored. Yeah. Um, what do you got about that? I don't, I don't particularly like that one. Like I said, it's, it's yeah. No, I'm not. One out of five. It's uh, this is uh all the criticism about heavy metal where it's just juvenile, like power fantasy and shit. It's this one. <laughs> this <laughs> one is the embodiment of that shit. Followed up, we got Captain Stern. Square jawed space pirate is on trial for numerous serious charges and his only character witness can save him. Uh, This is uh, Zap Brannigan,
0: Brannigan. which
1: is um, uh, Shatner. If Shatner was the captain of the Enterprise instead Instead of Captain Kirk. If yeah.
0: Have a, if Captain Kirk wasn't actually a good dude at heart. Yeah.
1: Right. It'd be a, yeah. Yeah. Shatner. Right. Shatner's a wild dude. So as, as if Shatner. But, um, what's interesting to me about this one is that it is a kind of um, precursor to that Brannigan Right. It's like 100. Like yeah, you can feel it. Like, yeah. You would be a piece of shit, huh?
0: <laughs> I find the most sexy part of the woman to be the boobies.
1: And then that's kind of where it ends, though. Right? Like, the writing's not good enough to carry it to a yeah, no, and end.
0: Like, it just kind of was like, it, it starts in a good place and then it goes nowhere.
1: Yeah, which uh, I, uh, I could uh, very confidently say that's uh, most of the heavy metal movie. <laughs> it's like, oh, interesting concept. Oh, it doesn't go anywhere? Interesting. Hmm. It's, so it turns out his, uh, He's got a character witness Who can turn into a muscle bomb freak uh, Jekyll and Hyde situation and He betrays him and blah blah it doesn't matter, he's still just a piece of shit captain I guess No morality to it He it's pays him off, the guy
0: shrinks And he uh, jettisons into space End of story
1: Simple as shit you could do is just a small little morality tale like, Nah, no thanks a uh, small floating egg-shaped one-eyed robot in the Captain Stern segment is named Beezer, right? You saw his little friend floating around, right? Uh-huh. Originally, he had four arms and was larger. Uh, you think there's a little bit of Booster Gold in the character? <laughs> I was going to make that connection, too. Yeah, because it's skeets, skeets? Yeah, Kind of. Well, that's something. Is Booster Gold's a little bit of, like, a cocksure piece of shit, right? But I don't think he's a rapist. Yeah,
0: he's more like...
1: He makes mistakes wants, and
0: wants people to like him too yeah. much.
1: But I guess that's like in booster goals a little bit of Captain Kirk as or William Shatner as Captain Kirk kinda right?
0: As William Shatner, yeah.
1: And so there's like a, a through vein for all these characters. Uh the original story in the magazine though, uh Hanover Fist, which is the guy that turns into uh Doctor or uh, Mr. Hyde. He actually lives at the end of the story. So uh the story as seen in the film has Fist finding the Lochnar and dying at the story's ending. Uh these changes were made for the movie to facilitate the connecting thread of the Lochnar in this film. Which still is like, eh, hey, whatever. Dumb. Yeah. Uh, what would have followed up next, though, is the segment called Neverwhere Land, which did not uh, actually get animated or put in the film because of time constraints. It would have connected Captain Stern to B seventeen, and it would have followed the influence of the Lochnar upon the evolution of a planet, from the Lochnar landing in a body of water, influencing the rise of the industrial age and a world war. So instead. We get the familiar setting, World War Two. Had that segment been in there, it would have just been a pastiche, of World War Two anyways, so what's the fucking difference? <laughs> uh I do really like the B seventeen segment, which is what comes up next. What I like about it is it's basically just like if Iron Man... If uh, Iron Maiden had the money to do an animated music video in 1986, it would have been this. <laughs> that's what I like about it. B 17, the remaining crew of a damaged World War II B 17 bomber must survive the machinations of the Lochnar. And that's it. Uh, they get all shot up and shit, and then the Lachnarr comes out of nowhere. Uh, I really would have wished. That uh, you know when um, The other pilot's on the radio And he's like oh there's something following us and he's like, Oh what is it? I really wish he would said Oh it looks like a Foo Fighter <laughs> Why? <laughs> well because the Foo Fighters Are named after a phenomena That existed during World War II Where they would see um, UFOs of some kind Following them they were called Foo Fighters That's why the Foo Fighters are called Foo Fighters So within the context Of the story the Loch would have been a Foo Fighter. And it would have been like common vernacular knowledge at the time to call it a Foo Fighter. So I thought that would have been cool. You should have wrote that sequence, obviously. Well, down yeah, but it's Dan O'Bannon, so I mean, good enough, that's my homie. Um, he's apparently a creep and a weirdo, but Return of the Living Dead, no problem. He's absolved of all sins, as far as I'm concerned. He did Return of the Living Dead. <laughs> The best part of the B-17 one is it doesn't overstay its welcome. It's
0: short, it's sweet.
1: Absolutely. <laughs> it's like fucking five minutes. That's all you need. Oh, shit, skeletons. My thing, though, is uh, when uh, the skeletons get to like the, uh, the the flight cabin and he like uh, parachutes out, where do you parachute out from? Is there like a, a hatch that you can drop out of in the flight so cabin or what? So below the flight
0: cabin, isn't that like, the bombardier area right in the b-17s I don't oh, know. Uh, i i, don't, I guess i don't know if about them cabinet. yeah those things are fucking huge too not as big as like the, uh what the b
1: flying fortresses yeah, yeah. fortress,
0: but those the b-17s are pretty big
1: well they do a really good job of illustrating it where he's walking like down the b-17 and uh, I mean, yeah. he's like checking the the ball gunner and
0: the tail mm-hmm. gunner
1: yeah the uh, b-17 is good just because like it's good. Like this could be its whole mo- a whole movie. Be seventeen. There's so many yeah, elements no, in there. A, like yeah, if
0: you just stretch out a couple of different pieces, you absolutely you definitely can mm-hmm. stretch out to 45 minutes. That's for sure.
1: No, I just uh, it has the most like uh, context and detail and texture to it. It's better than anything else on it. Daniel Bannon, no zombies and nothing else. Uh, yeah. aliens. <laughs> He also knows rapist aliens. <laughs> uh, so they used quite a bit of rotoscoping in this movie. And um, this segment benefits heavily from it. The B-17 bomber was a 10-foot replica mat work, right? With the bomber, and then they animated over it. Y- yeah, so oh, rotoscoping. Tracing? I don't know. Yeah, R- R- oh, no. it's rotoscoping. Yeah. It's, made, it's, it's rotoscoping, but they yeah they did a uh, model work with the B seventeen, animated over it. So that's cool. I mean, you know, rotoscoping is tracing, right? <laughs> Pretty much, <laughs> but I mean, you can't hold that much against it because uh, that's what Disney did for 50 oh, no, years.
0: It, look, it looks great. I'm not saying it <laughs> no. Does I re- I really say. love rotoscoping.
1: We're about to get to it in a second when we get you get to. I uh, feel like um, the what's
0: the last sequence? Um, uh, does it really well, Tarna?
1: Yeah. Ta- well, Tarna is the best sequence. We'll get to it momentarily. In between there's a little ba- break called "So Beautiful and So Dangerous." It's oh just, yeah, this garbage thing. A voluptuous secretary is accidentally transported a a spaceship when his crew retrieves his malfunctioning Android. Uh, Android's John Candy. Um, he's having fun. Everything else about it is useless. Why is this in the movie? Yeah, I don't do this. So I, like nothing. I don't even know if the Loch Nars is in or anything. <laughs> Wait, like, no, it
0: definitely is. What is it? Yeah, she's wor- It has it on her necklo- neck, right? It's For some reason, and that's uh, the reason the Android dude jumps her. The only thing I like about Raymond.
1: it is when um she uh, or he the robot John Candy finally convinces her to marry him and she's like, Well, we have to have a Jewish wedding and he's like, Jewish wedding and his like sirens like pop up.
0: <laughs> Are you circumcised? <laughs> yeah.
1: That's the only thing I like about it. otherwise it's like, Why is this in there? Harold Ramis is in it that segment too, so it's cool that Harold Ramis shows up, whatever. I don't know. Fucking Eugene Levy is Captain Stern. <laughs> Eugene Levy is a rapist.
0: He's just playing one. You're getting morality and and fiction confused
1: again. It happens. All right, final segment. <clears throat> Tarna. This, this is, is all the entire reason to see this movie. Like the, uh, this, I was thinking when I was watching is um most anthology movies have like their one uh, cornerstone segment, right?
0: Yeah, like the Battle of the Buster Scruggs
1: is Buster Scruggs. Right. Well, no. I, No, I mean... um, So, the Buster Scruggs is the titular part of it, right, that leads you into the story, but they have, like, one cornerstone segment that is, like, this is what you're here for. This is where they really put in, like, the most artistry to it. Battle of the Buster Scruggs is, like, kind of a a hard because yeah, right. like, e- like like every everything they do in Buster Scruggs is like this is a pretty good segment, right? <laughs> but if you look at like the Creep Show movies or Body Bags or the VHS series
0: or uh, uh, the Tales from the Crypt, uh, movies. right?
1: Yeah, there's always one uh, longer story, larger story. They put more of the budget into it. They know this is going to be the one, right? That's Tarna It's an original story by Daniel Goldberg and Len Blum Um, It's inspired by Mobius' Arzok stories So right now You're incorporating the two Writers and directors who are responsible For this movie really getting made And the artists that Really put heavy metal on the map So this is is it This is the whole reason you watch the movie Is to see this shit right Seemingly What's it about? I don't disagree. Yeah, well, I mean, this is the best part of the movie, absolutely. (laughs) Everything else is like, yeah, that's kind of cute, I guess. This is the Loch Nog corrupts a tribe of human outcasts, turning them into vicious martyrs that will overrun the world with cold, murderous violence. The last scion of a warrior race seeking to avenge the death of people she was sworn to protect is the only being that can stop them. That's Tarna, the Tark... Tarakian. Tarkarian.
0: Tarkarian.
1: Tarkarian.
0: It's like a very... It's like, hey, you you know if Conan had tits. Well,
1: that's the thing is, everything about heavy metal relies so much on pulp, trash, like storytelling, right? And um, a lot of them are just like juvenile... Fucking blowing off some steam. I'd masturbate to this cartoon, kind of bullshit, right? There's a little bit more going on with this one.
0: The only complaint I really have with it is I feel like they were sexualized a little bit. Yeah. Or a lot of it, maybe.
1: Yeah, quite a bit. Quite a bit. <laughs> and I, I'm i just going to say, that's Frenchman for you. Because, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah, this is Mobius no here. Yeah. This is Jean Giraud. Uh, she's also Rotoscoped Tarna, using a Toronto model, Corel Desbiennes. Desbiennes, which sounds like lesbiennes. Oh, no. Uh, oh. She's French-Canadian. Little thing here. When the barbarians are overrunning, overrunning the city of Kran. there's a structure where the council chamber is located. And it resembles the helmets worn by the two men on the cover of Black Sabbath's album "Never Say Die." Now, this is the segment that has Black Sabbath in it, so it's makes, makes interesting sense. coincidence or now they did it on purpose. <laughs> and then, yeah, the Tower storyline was illustrated by the acclaimed artist Mobius Jean Giraud. His concerns, of concerns about the environment led to the backgrounds having a great deal of randomly placed water pipes. So if you check out the backgrounds of this segment, there is uh clearly sort of the um decay of society caused by environmental issues in some way. Uh which is oh great, we can laud him for that, we'll clap for that, right? You know, climate change is a problem, but um he um possibly didn't respect women very well. I
0: don't know what would make you think of that Uh,
1: Everything about this movie (laughs) And uh, the heavy metal comics I've read uh, There's something where it's like very like cute Like French about it You know what I mean Sort of Where it's like oh maybe it's just the uptight Americanism But part of it's just like "Mm, One of this specifically is like No there's sexual assault in it. That's bad. I just mean his larger work where a lot of it is just like, ah, uh, he's being cute, you know? And French people are a little bit different. But, uh, yeah.
0: uh,
1: anyways, he's a groundbreaking artist. Uh, Tintin's good. He's not responsible for that. I'm just talking about the uh, Bon Dessinie. I'm French talking comments. about
0: the French in general.
1: <laughs> yeah, kind of, yeah. So Tintin's interesting Tintin's got some um, Really outdated shit in it too
0: <laughs> well, I mean so does Dragon Ball If you go back and forth
1: right, uh, Well Mr. Popo <laughs>
0: <laughs> I don't know if you talking about that But like fucking Bulma is like a 16 year old girl And shit
1: Oh yeah Well her name's uh, Bloomers, Bloomers right yeah. and, and uh, uh Chi Chi Is Boobs Oh, there's some, some cute, horny shit. Etchy, as they call it in Japan, in Dragon Ball Z. Honestly, the thing is, um, for me, it's like, I think people need to be able to, uh, reasonably express their sexuality in a more open way, because I feel like the United States still really suffers from, um,
0: yeah, but I feel like the, the problem is that the only people that really ever get to express their sexuality are, like, straight white men.
1: Well, yeah, that's the problem, yeah. Not today. Anyways, what do you think of Tarna? Tarna's obviously the best. This is the segment that they made the whole movie for, honestly.
0: They could just made one movie book called Tarna. I would have watched it.
1: Yeah. Well, we'll get to the sequel real quick in a second. I don't want to. <laughs> All right. Epilogue. Final story ends. Lochnar, which was terrorizing the girl, explodes, destroying the mansion in the process. Tarna's reborn mount appears outside, and the girl happily flies away on it. It's then revealed that Tarna's soul has been reincarnated in the girl. The girl's hair color changes to white, and we see a Tarkarian mark on her neck. So, turns out Locknard couldn't win. This little girl is Tarna. She's gonna fuck it up again. So, time
0: is an illusion.
1: It sure, sure is. makes sense. The man in the back said, "Everyone attack!" and they turned into a ballroom blitz. Mm-hmm. Ballroom, ballroom blitz. blitz. Um, Spony House was originally supposed to be rotoscoped, but the release date had been moved up, and lack so so the lack of time for modelers. Yeah, so that's actually the not only non-animated sequence in the film is they just blow up a model. It's not a very good model work. Gene Siskel gave this film three stars, writing that it isn't intended for close scrutiny on a literal level. The film clearly is intended as a trip, and on that level, it works very nicely. He criticized the film as blatantly sexist and for having a wildly romanticized violence. All right. Yeah. Fair. Assessment. Yeah, very fair assessment. Ebert. Uh, nothing, nothing on eBay. But film historian and critic Leonard Maltin Oh man, here we go He gave the film three stars out of four Yeah, he never really guide. saw a
0: movie he didn't like I so you know, right?
1: Isn't that weird? Uh, he called the feature uneven But great fun on a mindless adolescent level <laughs> yeah. a
0: review for every terrible movie Yeah
1: It's not good, but it's fun
0: Yeah, He's, it's not great,
1: but it's a movie I'd watch it uh, here's the the real uh, stinging, like sharp, meaningful criticism. I think it's uh, Sheila Benson of the Los Angeles Times. She wrote, "Somehow, a great deal of the charm of the magazine leaked out on the way to the movie house, but all the sadism stayed put, and then some. It's the most Ooh. expensive adolescent fantasy revenge film fulfillment wet dream ever to slither onto a screen." You know, for at least four of the
0: six segments, she's right.
1: <laughs> she's absolutely right. I love it despite it. But I, I'm loving it because of the pulpy, terrible aspect of it. I think there's nothing redeemable in this film. I would not perpetuate it on anyone else. I don't think there's anything like uh, you can clap about. There's no, no philosophy in this film that you would want to share with anyone else blah blah any of that i love it specifically because it is just a microcosm of trash from the 1980s right that's (laughs) what i like about it but i don't think there's anything really redeemably about the film so i absolutely agree with sheila benson um there's a certain aspect of people that i would love to show this film to where it's just like here check out this like trash film right because um, I'm able to enjoy things that are trash to a certain extent, I think that's interesting. Where it's just like, here, look at the most juvenile trash, like um, cast off that the '80s was able to produce. But I love the.
0: I, I To be fair, it definitely wasn't heavy metal. <laughs>
1: Oh no, it's not. But heavy metal is up there, I think. Where um, and then I do, and the big thing that I legitimately like about it, not ironically or confrontationally about the film, I do like the art style, and I do like the heavy lines, um, the bold colors, the uh, brash. Like uh, a lot of it is corner cutting. It's a lot of it is budget cutting choices, but like making like. Uh, Den riding a horse on the horizon, all purple with swirling, you know what I mean? There's a lot of this budget kind of, there's a, some um visual taste to this film. There's a lot going on visually where it is uh, it's brash and bold, it has character, it has personality, it looks like a comic book. I don't think there's anything you can take away from that. The content of it, however, is just hey, you want to see trash? Here's trash. What do you think?
0: I I don't know that I can disagree with any single thing you just said. Yeah. I mean, it's, again, there's like maybe two or three. Like the Framing Air is fine. There's two, one or two other um, vignettes that are okay. The Tarna, obviously, is the best one out of it. And then a lot of just garbage in between.
1: Yeah, no. Um- I'm not turning anyone off from watching this movie. I think it's um, if you're, if you listen to this podcast, you you should be okay with this movie. Yeah, I mean, it's, it's
0: better than Life Force.
1: Yeah, it's not a terrible movie. It's not the most like hateful evil movie or anything. It's just, it's not particularly good. Aside from we
0: watch Death Soccer, guys. It's better than Death.
1: It's better than Death Soccer. The animation is a very particular and interesting very of the 80s and um i think that's one reason to watch it is to check out uh, how animation evolves and we'll go into that right now real quick because we're going to talk about heavy metal 2000 and then uh david fincher's little uh follow-up reboot possibly there is a sequel to this movie it's called heavy metal 2000 Outside of North America, it's called Heavy Metal FAC. F A K K. What? Why? I don't know. I watched the sequel. I have no idea why it's called that. It, why it's called that? They mentioned in the movie that the Fak is like uninhabited, lifeless planets, but it doesn't go into why that's why the movie's called that.
0: <laughs> cool. That's yep. Perfect sense. Got it.
1: Um, they're basically riding real hard on the heels of the final segment of uh, Tarn. Making that into one single Solitary story um, Let's check it out It's got uh, stories based on the Graphic novel The Melting Pot Written by Kevin Eastman Which is shows fame Simon Bisley and Eric Talbot uh, Eric Talbot I believe has worked for Marvel and DC in some capacity Definitely recognize them name uh, It is, um, is it
0: Eastman, right? Oh, no, Eastman's a Turtles
1: guy. Yeah, Kevin Eastman's famous, famous... Eric Talbot.
0: Talbot, Yeah, I think he were from Marvel.
1: And film was made by Cine Group, a animation studio based in Montreal, Quebec. So they're Quebecois. Quebecois? Yep. Heavy Metal 2000 panned by critics. Uh, the original Heavy Metal didn't do that great, but it still got like 70-something percent of Rotten Tomatoes based on contemporary r- reviews. So... Still a reasonable movie. Heavy Metal 2000's got about 10% on Rotten <sighs> Tomatoes. Um, I watched... I actually watched Heavy Metal 2000 this week as well. Uh, I will say that it has the animation of a cheap Warner Brothers 90's production. So I imagine oh they make a, a Batman animated series straight to video... Movie, but instead of being Mask of the Phantasm, it's Mask of the Phantasm with like one hundredth of the budget.
0: I was gonna say Mask of the Phantasm is fucking awesome. What are you right?
1: Yeah, but you know, like in the nineties, um, western animation became really simplified. Yeah, you're talking about like
0: when they, towards the end of the Batman, Mm -hmm. Superman shit, like when they did like uh, Batman versus Batwoman or
1: whatever the hell that was. Yeah, it kind of looks like that where every character is indistinct, so bland. The animation has no character, no personality, blandest shit you've ever seen. And then, story makes no sense. Who cares? There's uh, just opportunities for the main character and her sister to get their titties out, I guess. Terrible. I hate it fucking cannot stay in the sequel. The sequel did however have a uh video game tie-in called Heavy Metal Fact 2. It said sometime after the film and it features cameo appearances of several characters. Um I watched Funhouse the YouTube channel play it. I don't know. I fucking I don't know. I like I, I don't know what it has to do with Heavy Metal. Or I don't know what it has to do with the movie or any of that shit. It's garbage. The movie, the Heavy Metal 2000 is fucking garbage. It is, uh, I feel like you can track the decline of Western civilization from Heavy Metal to Heavy Metal, metal 2000s 2000 to David Fincher's follow up, which we'll get to in a second. But real quick, I just need to talk about the soundtracks between the first Heavy Metal and Heavy Metal 2000. Okay. So the home video of heavy metal was removed from circulation for several years because of problems with music licensing, which makes sense. They have major bands on stuff. So many bands on artists on soundtracks. Securing his rights to the music proved difficult. Check it out. Movies called heavy metal. There's not going to be very much metal on it, especially for 1981 or not. I mean, despite... I
0: mean, I'm pretty sure I Steven Nixon on the soundtrack, so... Yes,
1: despite 1981, I mean. 1981 is, um... Alright, so Thrash Metal hasn't broken through yet. The metal period that everyone's really familiar with is still, like, a couple years away. But, Drew's Priest exists already, okay? And here's the fucking soundtrack for Heavy Metal. Sammy Hagar. Riggs. Mm. No idea who Riggs is. Mm. Devo, not metal. Uh, Devo? Devo's wonderful, but they're not metal. Blue Oyster Cult, not metal. All right.
0: <laughs> Blue Oyster huh? Mm.
1: <laughs> Cheap Trick, not, not metal. Don Felder, no idea. Donald Fagan, no idea. Nazareth, metal. All right, you got one. Riggs shows up again. Don't know. Journey, not metal. Grand Funk Railroad, fucking amazing. Oh my god. Not, not metal. Cheap Trick, not metal. Finally.
0: <laughs> Garbage. It,
1: <laughs> yeah. <laughs> finally, Black Sabbath, metal. The per, the originators of metal. Fucking finally they show up. We got Black Sabbath on there. I guess it's metal. Don Felder, don't know. Trust, don't know. Stevie Nicks, absolutely wonderful. Love Stevie Nicks. Fleetwood Max, amazing. Stevie Nicks has never done anything wrong in her entire life. She's,
0: She's a goddamn witch, Kyle. She yeah, do not say anything wrong about her. That's She'll right. I,
1: I stand the shit out her witch powers. Wonderful, amazing, beautiful, most sexually powerful woman I've ever seen Stevie Nicks. Well, uh, not quite metal. But, as bad as that soundtrack list is, are you ready for Heavy
0: Metal 2000? I just gonna say, that I was in the dreams this morning. <laughs> it was
1: a favorite. <laughs> All right so we got monster magnet remember monster magnet oh my god <laughs> uh we got m d f m k which is k m f d m backwards that's fine i like k m f d m uh pantera
0: you anyone, but you should feel bad about it
1: not k m f d m is a cool industrial like super left wing bang uh we got pantera on here pantera would have been a great choice for the original heavy metal not for heavy metal that was, <laughs> But cool It's still a metal I don't
0: least. know 81 might have been A little bit Pantera Right
1: Uh yeah It might yeah, have been Actually yeah Uh we got a band Called Zilch No idea But they sound like 2000's Uh butt rock <laughs> Followed up by Insane Clown Posse And Twisted Oh those Uh-oh. are Both metal ICP and Twisted Hell yeah No hate to the Juggalos or whatever But like You guys aren't metal <laughs> They fucking Step off I couldn't believe it Like
0: You heard this Like yesterday The day before They're like Yeah we're not gonna hold The uh, gathering this year Cause we
1: don't wanna risk Even one single Juggalo wife Hell yeah man Juggalo Fucking ICP and Juggalos Know what's up they're Oh real, my god they're, they're real motherfuckers Man they're real homies I'm down with them It's cool They they accepted Danny Brown When he's playing out there Like yeah Philly Manny from Detroit What's good Like They accept Danny Brown They accept me I'm friends with them
0: When fucking Shaggy 2 Dope Is more in (laughs) in touch Than the fucking president Of the United States
1: I'm Why wouldn't that make sense Shaggy 2 Dope Has lived a real life Donald Trump Has been like I I gotta be honest Shaggy (laughs) 2
0: Dope Has not lived a real life For a long time
1: Well I mean Not for a while But he did like The first 20 years Of his life probably (laughs) Uh, follow WS system. Also, like, I or you
0: fucking, I'm not gonna like, give them a pass for the goddamn miracles if he's in music videos. <laughs> yeah. fucking bad about that. shit
1: Well, yeah, thank you, Phil. I'm not, I'm not gonna,
0: I'm, I'm surprised they believe in vaccines and shit.
1: Well, that's the thing is, I'm trying to take the PMA aspect of New York hardcore, just the positive mental attitude where you can bring people along. Nah, like, I'm not I'm, not, I'm not trying to hurt like hate on ICP for like not understanding that shit. It's just like. No, don't make a song about it. Like, ask someone. <laughs> right? <laughs> How do magnets work? No, ask somebody. Don't make a song. Ask somebody. <laughs> I
0: like can't dress those scientists. So I always be lying and shit.
1: <laughs> some of them do, about like, uh, you know, for uh, money concerns. Yeah, but reasons. it's such
0: a small percentage. Most of them are like, you know, I know the- is
1: real. we should do some shit about this. They all work for Monsanto. <laughs>
0: <laughs> but the climate change scientists,
1: no, the, the guys that lie, oh. <laughs> I mean, yeah. Uh, so after ICP, we got System of it Down, which fucking love System of it Down,
0: not really metal, though. I mean, definitely well, metal, and ICP
1: crossover thrash, but they're like pretty punk. But thrash is punk, hardcore punk, and metal, so uh, and uh, the song they have on there, I remember what it is, but it's not very good. They got uh, some band called Days of the New. Don't remember what that is.
0: Oh, I kind of. That sounds familiar, but I don't know if I actually know what it is They got a
1: band that. called Sinistar. It's got so many <laughs> S's in it. I don't know what that is. <laughs> Queens of the Stone Age. Um, mm. No. I like uh, that one song, Go with the Flow. They're like first single. I can go with the flow. Uh, but mostly Queens of the Stone Age is cool because Eagles is a death metal. <laughs> All right, next we got Fair machine. <laughs> next we got Machine Head, which I think is uh, Gavin Rosdale's band or something. I don't know, I don't know who the fuck that shit is. Full Devil Jacket, no idea. Hate Department, no idea. yeah, no idea. Apartment Twenty Six, no Poo-ya. idea. <laughs> then we got Billy Idol. Billy Idol's a voice actor in oh, it too. I fucking love
0: Billy Idol.
1: He was yeah, trying know, to come. I, I think really he was love trying. Love he was trying to Idol. make a comeback with this shit. If you Coming watch the movie. Out.
0: <laughs> more, more,
1: more. Aside from like the animation looking like the cheapest, most trash Warner Brothers shit The, um, the uh, musical company in it and how they try to work it They don't even bother to try to work it into the film It's just like, oh, and then this sound happens, there's so a the song now But in addition to the, the animation being terrible, the story not making sense Everyone like fucking phoning in, voice acting Blah 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 blah. It's there's like, oh, put a song here, put a song there. Why not? Yeah. Yeah. And then finally, to finish it up, we uh, have a song from Cold Chamber. Remember, Cold Chamber is like every like oh, Mall Goth's favorite band, and then out of nowhere, Bauhaus. Oh, I'm hip. But I listen to the Bauhaus. Yeah, there's a Bauhaus song. <laughs> we're uh, talking not about really the. Metal either. <laughs> no, we were talking about the damned earlier. They got much more in common with the Bauhaus than heavy metal. <laughs> Weird. So, uh, yeah, the heavy metal 2000 also did not accomplish the uh, metal aspect. But luckily, in March 2008. Variety reported that Paramount Pictures Was set to make another animated film With David Fincher spearheading the project Ooh, exciting, right? Mm, I'm excited And then according to IGN They announced on July 14, 2008 David Fincher's edgy new project Has suffered a serious setback Oh no It was dropped by Paramount Oh no What happened? Because um, it's about like titty fucking cartoons. <laughs> <laughs> In September 2008, Eastman was quoted as saying Fincher's directing one, Guillermo del Toro is directing one, Zack Snyder wants to direct one, uh, and Gore Verbinski mm. wants to direct one. Uh, That's I'm like a, pretty all star stuff, yeah, right? Gore <laughs> I mean, The Ring remake is pretty good. Pirates of the Caribbean. Yeah. <laughs> and also Zack Snyder, too. It's like, eh. <laughs> Donald, that was cool for, like, 15 minutes. <laughs> I mean,
0: uh, the 300 is okay-ish.
1: Yeah, but, like, every movie he made, when you look back, you go back and watch him, you're just like, oh, this is, like, 17-year-old, like, a titty boy, it, it, <laughs>
0: really, it really only worked for 300.
1: Yeah, it was reported at the time that the film had been moved to Sony Division Columbia Pictures, which had to release of the original. Mm. Had a budget of 50 million. 50 million, it's pretty good for, but for an animated movie in 2008.
0: I don't know, yeah, that's fair. I mean, obviously, uh, 12 years ago, that's
1: probably fine. Yeah, but luckily, in June 20, or 2009, 2009. 2009 uh, Kevin Eastman said I've got breaking news that Fincher and James Cameron Are going to be co-executive producers On the film Cameron's gonna direct one James oh Cameron Can you believe it <laughs> He's had
0: nothing but a string of successes Since Avatar mm-hmm. oh,
1: shit. How did that Terminator movie really go Oh production then Stalled indefinitely Yeah As no film distributor or production company has shown interest in distributing or producing the remake since Paramount Pictures decided for Go Go being the film's distributor. Uh, Paramount purportedly thought such a film was too risque for mainstream audiences. Hmm. In uh, July 2011, filmmaker Robert Rodriguez... We're getting like uh, an all-star cast of directors and filmmakers for this You shit. can tell,
0: this is one of those movies that all these weird fucking directors love. Let's see, was- yeah,
1: everyone, this is everyone who wants to remake Akira. <laughs>
0: <laughs> T what you up to? You gotta make a movie? <laughs> yeah.
1: uh, Robert Rodriguez announced at uh, Comic-Con in 2011 that he had purchased the film rights to heavy metal and planned to develop a new animated film at the new Quick Draw Studios, which is his animation studios. And then Wait, my- didn't
0: he actually put out a, m- a show?
1: Mm-mm. Well, he did the From Dust Till Dawn TV show.
0: I thought he had put out an animated show.
1: Mm-mm. Well, he might have, but it wasn't heavy no, metal. No, it wasn't
0: heavy metal, though. Yeah, Love, Death, and Robots.
1: Oh, we're going to get to that in a second. Hold on.
0: Wasn't that Robert Rodriguez?
1: <clears throat> no, nah, that's David Fincher's shit. We'll have to cut this out. Because you ruined the surprise.
0: <laughs> oh, sorry. <laughs> Go ahead. <laughs> All right, All right, I'm, I'm shocked.
1: <laughs> on March 11, 2014, with the formation of the very own television network, El Rey, this is Robert Rodriguez, uh streaming service or whatever. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, he considers pushing gears and bringing a heavy metal remake to TV. Interesting. But who knows what's going on with that. That's lost, lost to the sands of time. Maybe he'll do something. However, on March 15th, 2019, the Fincher reboot, in heavy air quotes, was released on Netflix as a reimagining titled Love, Death, and Robots. According to Miller, after the release of Deadpool, Fincher called Miller saying, Okay, so, we're going to use your newfound popularity to get our anthology movie made. Only to eventually decide, fuck the movie stuff, let's just take it to Netflix, because they'll let us do whatever we want. (laughs) Is that true? Can we get a deal with Netflix? I want to do whatever I want. I mean, you can show, like, dicks and stuff on Netflix, you know what I mean? So they were right in that capacity. Like, yeah, you could visually, you kind of show whatever. So uh, I am such an amazing podcast host. And I'm always looking for new avenues to uh, add quality on. and content to our episodes. So I, this week, I watched Heavy Metal, Heavy Metal 2000, and I watched all of Love, Death, and Robots.
0: From what I just gathered by reading the Wikipedia episode, only 20 minutes long, so that wasn't much of a commitment.
1: There's like 18 episodes, and they are varying lengths. But yeah, not all of them are in 20 minutes. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, so here's what I'll say. Heavy metal original, very juvenile, shitty piece of shit, 80s art. I love the trash elements of it. I love the actual physical art style of it, love hand-drawn animation, love the primary color use, love the experimental cost-cutting use of animation Um, there's a real attitude and flair and personality and texture and culture to the original Heavy Metal it's um, philosophically story-wise, not a very good movie, but if you want to watch a weird animated movie that really encapsulates like uh, Some power, some jest Something It's heavy metal Heavy metal 2000 Throw that shit in some like fucking incinerator Or throw that into a recycling bin That needs to be a recycling bin On someone's like, fucking desktop in 1999 Should've never been a movie Nothing about it is alive There's no personality to it It's the blandest most terrible shit you've ever seen It's just god awful. Tell him how you really feel. And then Love, Death, and Robots. It's not heavy metal. You watch heavy metal, it looks like a comic book, right? It's got that 80s, like, shitty uh, English boy, like, punk mentality, right? Like, Ozzy Osbourne could have, like, narrated the movie. You know what I mean? There's something to it where it's very 80s. It's very in-your-face, like, simple, like, 80s shit. Love, death, and robots. Um, it suffers from everything made in like the last few, last decade or so, where every, everything is trying to be too cute, too clever. Doesn't actually have anything to say. Uh, there's uh, the the few hand-drawn animated uh, segments they have are pretty good, but a lot of it looks like video game cutscenes. I don't know why you would do CG, an- CG animation just to make things look like real life. Real life already exists. It can be filmed. Why would you recreate that in animation? Does not make sense to me. No, you fool. I, I, why? Why would you do it? If it can be filmed in live action with real people, why would you animate it?
0: I don't know. What a stupid question.
1: Um. But, that said, uh, there is some good shit in Love, Death, and Robots. Check it out. It's not heavy metal, though. It's not pulpy comic book shit. It's not the same. Um, For better or for worse. Not saying one's better than the other. Because there's major problems with heavy metal. But, heavy metal is what it is. It's the most uh, real trash, uh, indulgent, exciting bullshit 80s shit you can experience uh space dandy the director who made cowboy bebop made a follow not a follow-up series but his follow-up series in the mid 2000s called space dandy very similar aesthetic where it's just the mess of the 80s extrapolated into space that's an interesting concept heavy metal excuse says very well heavy metal 2000 no personality love death and robots um, too well, close it sounds like too close to my reality where everything is irony poisons and post sincerity and you know what I mean everything's just trying to be as clever as like fucking Parks and Rec or whatever and Just the lowest common denominator like we took it two steps beyond characters caring about each other, <laughs> you know what mm-hmm. I mean? There is, I, there's honestly some good shit in there and it crosses over different ways. Like there's some good shit in there that looks like a video game cutscene. So I, I don't like the animation specifically because there's a video game cutscene, but it's a good story and there's stuff in there where it's like, I really like the animation and the story's trash. Uh, but there's gonna be a second season apparently so enough people like it i don't know people don't have the same taste i do my taste is just uh yeah i feel like at this point you know like you should realize that most people just don't think the same way you do oh i what well, it is uh most people don't think ouch kyle end Your of sense. <laughs> period God. two and, and, no, and no
0: actually exclamation point two exclamation points a number one, and then another exclamation
1: point. I'm fucking, we've been recording forever. Oh it's my god. Hours, I'm gonna kill oh, you. What the fuck? How is this episode gonna work? I don't know. You're the one I said it. It's not my fault. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I'm Kyle. I'm drunk. I have opinions. <laughs> fuck you, is VHS cult. We don't do intros, we do extros. <laughs> next week we're watching Predator Oh Arnold Oh Predator in the woods. It's a big deal. We should have done it like a week or two ago so it would coincide with the new Predator game that came out like yesterday. But whatever, I don't I don't I don't plan for that shit. I just live my life. I just live my predatory life as a predator. Yeah, I'm
0: not I'm not here to promote predator video game. Are we trying to promote ourselves on the back of the
1: predator video game. I don't know, we can do all sorts of things we do. <laughs> Who knows? Who can stop us?
0: Uh, apparently, just the life. The world in general.
1: Well, I, I'm, that's always my guess you. Yeah. <laughs> but you just gotta live in your own reality. Yeah, I'm out here only. I'm happy to
0: Oh,
1: yeah, I know. Well, it's worse for you because you have people rely on you. I just go die in a ditch. No one can stop me.
0: <laughs> ah. Vicious cold. <laughs>